You're listening to the Down the Line with Jeremy Klein podcast. Hey everybody, welcome into a brand new podcast that I'm launching. Been thinking over for the last couple weeks about what concept to really go with for this podcast. What can bring value to the listeners? Obviously don't want to be the 10,000th person to just give you my sports opinion because it might not be that valued or give some people a reason to listen. I think I finally have found what that should be. Coming off of the sports broadcasting field, I always thought it'd be interesting to kind of see how the sports broadcasters got to where they are right now. We're always here telling the athletes stories and then the players and the coaches stories, but nobody gets to tell our stories as much. So that brings me to the guest on today's episode, I believe it's WKOW, Alec, correct? That is right, WKOW, and the K in KOW is supposed to be like C for cow, W cow, how fitting out here in Madison, Wisconsin. Yep, the Madison, Wisconsin sports reporter, Alec Osmus, joins me on this episode today. If I could count on, at least, I could probably count on my hand all of my mentors, maybe if I had like six or seven fingers. You definitely land in there. Definitely land in in my, in my mentor top five, top six. So congratulations. Oh man, Jeremy, you gotta raise your standards. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's great, man. This is awesome to be here, and uh, I think this is a great idea. This podcast you're throwing together, and uh, it's it's actually really cool. Thanks for letting, uh, having me on. Can you believe that I met you as a wide-eyed freshman at St. Cloud State the fall of 2012? It's 2019 right now, so technically a little over six years that. We've known each other. Can you believe that? And I know it's cliche, but that phrase, time flies when you're having fun. And obviously those years at St. Cloud State were always a blast. Uh, let's see, 2012, I would have been, as school-wise, I was already a junior, maybe looking into my senior year, even though you and I are only like two two years apart, I think, give or take. Yep, yep, something like but, that. Uh, yeah, man, those were the good old days, right? <laughs> The good old days of Husky Productions and UTVS. I want to kind of, I want to be able to get your background and I want to be able to let our listeners kind of really understand how you got to where you are and kind of what, what your aspirations would be or kind of how that grind is of the sports reporting industry because it is a big grind. Anybody who's ever been in it and those who maybe don't get it as much, this is a great way for them to kind of figure out, hey, this is what these people are going through. It's not all rainbows and what is it rainbows and butterflies i think is the saying yeah, right yeah, yeah i've never had rainbows and butterflies i'll tell you that uh i i think right out of the gate something that i have told even other interns and things that i've worked with was coming out of high school i never had any intentions of just jumping right into tv news local news i didn't grow up as a little kid talking into a hairbrush in the mirror pretending to be a news reporter i mean it kind of all just happened uh, and then once you go and look at the studios at St. Cloud State, uh, if that's what you want to get into, it's kind of a no-brainer that that's a great school to at least get your feet wet. So uh, went through the St. Cloud State program, and you've been through that program, Jeremy. Yep. I think anyone that has been through that program, um, I know maybe it doesn't work out for everybody, but if you really go hard through that program, the payoff at the end is you usually come out with enough experience to at least get started somewhere in this industry and that for me was in good old bismarck north dakota so right <laughs> yeah life on the prairie uh great great people out there in north dakota uh, i was out there for one year i was a weekend sports anchor at the nbc station um great experience they they, they really let me just kind of do what i wanted to do i had my own sports show sunday nights called marauders weekly and it was I always look at it as I compare it to someone that's going getting into teaching. Before they can be a teacher, they have to do a year or so of student teaching. And that's kind of how I approached my time in North Dakota. I was there for like 11 months, and a lot of it was just me out in the field figuring things out. I mean, I had people showing me how to use the equipment. Yeah. But once you once you knew how to use the camera and, and edit a little bit, I mean, you would get, I'd get sent out. Uh, two three hours across the state and go turn a story and come back and edit it and get it done that day you know how many how many towns did you see when you got sent two three hours across the state of north dakota <laughs> uh, well, well i guess we're not gaining any north dakota listeners on this then. yeah well hey I, I will say this i have never felt more isolated 
in my life than when I lived out in Bismarck. But at the same time, uh, those people out there that I met, I mean, they're they're passionate about about every sport they have. And even out in Bismarck, North Dakota State, you know, that football team and everything, that is huge, that big deal yep. all across the state. So very passionate sports fans out there, uh, no doubt about it. And I got to work with Lee Timmerman, a, the sports director. He's been there, I think, most of his career. And he's probably been there 25, 30 years. Uh, he was the national sports broadcaster of the year back in like 2005 so i mean he knew he knew exactly what he's doing so i got to learn um from the best right out of the gate and i can't even say how helpful that was okay I, there were a few things that when you kind of started going i was like okay i want to ask him this i want to start first off from hinkley that's the north <laughs> north east minnesota correct well that depends who you ask well uh, okay from- true true People from Duluth or something, they always would tell me I was from the Twin Cities. And oh I'm my like, no, 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 no. But, yeah, so Hinkley, uh, right in between Minneapolis and Duluth, right on I-35. Yeah. But to some people, yes, it is northern Minnesota. Yeah. So you said that you weren't the kid growing up talking into a hairbrush, knowing at age three, watching the news, that this is what you wanted to do. Did Hinkley, A, have a TV program where you kind of like figured out that this was what you wanted to do? Or how did you know going to St. Cloud that that was the place that you wanted to go and that's that, that you wanted to do broadcasting? Absolutely. Um, I would also start with this. What even got me to think about it was Dick Bramer for the Minnesota yep. Twins. Hey, right? all, also player. a Husky. Yeah, also a St. Cloud State Husky, exactly. I met him at the Minnesota State Fair uh, one of those years when I was in high school, 2008, maybe I might have been a sophomore, and I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to, wanted to be Dick Bramer. I mean, you wanted to be the voice of the Minnesota Twins, and obviously things have changed and whatnot. But right. and Dick Bramer is one of the best. I mean, he's great. But anyway, yeah. that even got me thinking about media, and um, my high school didn't have anything. There was no. There was a class where you could do some video editing on, like, iMovie, but that's not even close. To what, now that I've been in the industry for a while, like, that wasn't even close right. to what we do. Um, I did a lot of plays, actually, believe it or not. Drama, the drama department. That uh, that, that really shocks me. That doesn't uh, – Yeah, it does. I it can't really believe does. that one bit. I know. Believe it or not, Alec Osmus was on stage all the time from fifth grade through my senior year. I did over 20, I was in 20 different plays. And, wow. Um, so you're like that, a part-time actor then. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. but I it, mean, not no, a paid actor, but. Sure, sure. Yeah, no, no, no Academy Awards over here, but uh, it was great. And honestly, I think that's where a lot of, it's where it developed. That's where it, that's where it started. That's where being comfortable talking and and performing in a way and not that you're on news or if you're on tv that you're necessarily performing but you kind of are i mean you kind of are are putting stuff together and presenting it in a way and for me unknowingly that kind of developed uh on stage when i was in high school so you figure out that you like sports and that sports media is where you want to kind of go into senior year if we can get inside the mind of a senior year alec osmus in high school then how did the search go for finding the school to try to make that career a reality? Well, uh, now that I've been through St. Cloud State, uh, my older brother, he had never went into media, but he went to Minnesota Duluth. So in high school, I wanted to find a way to be a go to UMD, be a Bulldog, right? Wow, wow. Know, we have two, we have two distinct thoughts on that <laughs> probably that place that town yeah well hey my my uh my opinion on all that has since changed right but I, uh so but they didn't have a program they, they had a communications major yep. but that's just not the same you know yep. st cloud state has the broadcast journalism and even the university of minnesota grew, i imagine a great school but yep. a good journalism program from what i could tell but not broadcast journalism right. i mean st cloud state and there's a few others. I think Minnesota Moorhead might have a mm-hmm. program. Yep, pretty decent one. Um, things like that. So it's not yep. your only option. Right. But from where I grew up, being an hour away from St. Cloud, it was just kind of, you just did your own research, and it was pretty obvious that St. Cloud State was the right the right choice. It didn't take much. Once I went and viewed the programs, uh, I by the end of the, that day, I knew I was going to apply to St. Cloud State. See, I grew up like 15 miles, about 
depending on what the traffic was like, 10 to 15 minutes away from St. Cloud, St. Cloud State. Never heard a thing about it until I literally went there on a visit and finally got to see their stuff. And it was just like, this is the best kept secret about St. Cloud State University. And they have this amazing program and it doesn't really get talked about enough. But that's where we ended up both meeting each other in that UTVS program. That, and you know, the best kept secret, that, that is a, that's a great way to summarize the TV program at St. Cloud State. Because, yeah, like you said, I didn't know it was there either. A lot of kids don't. Right. And I know now Husky Productions is on Fox Sports North quite yep. a bit. Yep. That's got to help a lot to get yeah. the word out. Because yep. I certainly wasn't on Fox Sports North when I was in high school. Uh, I caught the tail. I got the – my tail end caught the beginning of the Fox Sports North sure. era. But, yeah, that was just after – you had gone out because they got the, the HD upgrade, and we'll do a ton of upselling for them right now, I guess. But, yeah, talk, <laughs> talk to us a little bit more about what were some of your favorite moments from broadcasting at St. Cloud State, whether it was the reporting aspect. I know we talk a lot about Husky Productions doing the live hockey broadcast, things like that. What was really your fa- one of your favorite moments of being there? And I get to tell you, there's one that involves us. I hope it's in the top five. Oh, man, I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, My very first experience broadcasting at UTVS was that football game. It, well, we might as well just start there. And, there we go. Uh, this, we won't put this in any particular order, but right. what Jeremy is referencing right now is when uh, St. Cloud State hosted was Minnesota Duluth. They were ranked pretty high i can't remember if they were one or two yep it was either one or two it was it was something crazy where and the the huskies beat duluth on the last play of the game it was a screen pass to mike walker i believe alex or philip clap hockey to mike walker touchdown at the final seconds you and i were doing play-by-play and color commentary and uh gosh what a game what was the final score 51 to 48 or something it was high man it was it was one of those games where nobody could play defense and the the thing that kind of sucked about it if you ever watch it back you probably have no idea what either one of us is saying we're both just (laughs) yelling so loud just over the top of each other just going crazy it's supposed to be objective right oh yeah supposed to be biased yeah that (laughs) was uh the that was the exact opposite of uh of objective that's Absolutely. Sure. Well, that that I you I'm glad you brought that up because that that was fun. You know, that kind of opportunity as a student was fun. Um, did, did you know that that play that video is in the College Football Hall of Fame? No. What? When we went down there for SVG in Atlanta, if you go in there, they like get you a pass, and you get to like link that pass to any college or any sport, any college team that you want in the College Football Hall of Fame. And they have all these interactive video boards. You go up there, and if you put that chip up there, that play among like three or four other things shows up and plays. It's ridiculous. So congratulations, you're in the College Football Hall of Fame. You and I have our like twenty-year-old voices in the College Football Hall of Fame. Well, wow. the video is of at least for sure. Oh, I can't remember video. if like the I can't remember if the audio is. I mean, if the audio uh, is, I feel bad for a lot of people that have to yeah, go they, in worry, and, li- they, and listen they to cut that. Us out, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. They cut us Most out. likely. No, that's cool. That's really cool. Yeah, that and uh, that that quarterback for UM that UMD at the time, Chase Vogler. Uh, when I ended up working in Duluth, that's where I went after Bismarck. I ran into him once, and we were we had time to chat. And I told I, we were talking about that game, and even he was just like, "Man, that was one of the craziest games yeah. I've ever played in." So, because uh, I think there was wow. like three touchdowns in like the last minute going. It was nobody could play defense toward yeah. in the fourth quarter. It was ridiculous. Yeah, the Huskies only won that game because their the game ran out of time. Pretty much, pretty much. But that was great. No, that was cool. That's that's definitely one of my top moments. I think another moment that really jumps out would have been in 2013. I believe the the the, Hus- the men's hockey team was it the last year of the WCHA maybe they won the, the cup yeah the, the Mc- McNaughton cup. cup yep the McNaughton cup yeah yep. and that was at it was at, here in St Cloud it was um it was just awesome uh, Bob Motzko I, I did an inter- a live interview with Bob Motzko right on the bench and the players were hauling the cup off the ice. The, every fan in the building stayed there. Yep. Uh, it was just awesome. So that I will never forget that. That was really cool. Um, from a from from a broadcasting standpoint, it were moments like that, hands down. Yeah. Uh, but but also, you I imagine you did a few of these maybe even when you get to travel out to Las Vegas for some of the awards and things that you that the program wins throughout the year. Yep. And just 
spending that kind of time with people that you've gone through the program with mm-hmm. and you're just so going out to like Las Vegas and that that those moments too aside from broadcasting are you just never forget some of that stuff just the, the great memories I'll put you on blast on one thing here I know you're probably you're probably gonna you'll kick me for this one a little bit one of my favorite memories of you was on Husky Productions, I'm sure once I start this story, you're going to catch it right away. When you're the in-studio host of Husky Productions, you intro and everything you're doing is not scripted. It's, there's no prompter. Everything is just whatever's off your head that you can remember doing highlights. And then you also do intros of packages. Okay. You, do you have it yet? Uh, no, I don't. No? Okay. I that you okay. described it perfectly. So in a third segment of the intermissions, there's usually... A where are they now feature, <laughs> and in one oh, of the and in yeah. one on one of the ones where I remember you forgot the player of who was the where are they now, and it was Ryan Malone, which granted yep. unforgettable player now after the NHL and his uh-huh. drug stuff, but. The best thing ever was watching that video with you guys like the next few days. Me, a wide-eyed freshman, all the upperclassmen were just like, you got to see what Alec did on Saturday. And everything was just going to this package, and you like just stalled and stalled, and you're just like, Ryan Malone. And it was just the greatest thing ever when you just watch it. It's just one of like the best like mini bloopers. I had his name written down in big letters on a piece of paper in front of me, and I still forgot Ryan right. Malone. He's one of the all-time greats at St. Cloud. Yeah, yeah. And now and an I, infamous uh, Tampa Bay Lightning player. Once in a while, on like my birthday or something, somebody will go dig that clip up on YouTube, <laughs> and they'll post Facebook wall or tweet it at me or something. Hey, that never gets old. I love right. it. And honestly, I, I've had – if I had a dollar for every mis- – blooper like that i've made over the years i'd have like 12 bucks right now so uh that's great i've had a couple out in bismarck too when i was out there i was trying to say success oh and no. i said i said sex like i stumbled through it like three times i feel like that's one of those words and phrases that that just that's gonna get anybody sure but i mean a team is having a lot of sex i said that three times you know and then probably I isn't great red and uh but hey uh what doesn't kill you makes you stronger so uh, the bloopers will continue i guarantee right. it now you've talked a lot about uh kind of being in bismarck i know when i was leaving st cloud state trying to get that first job how just nerve-wracking that is and the months feel like years going by describe to me how you got that job what that time period was like and how you kind of i guess kept yourself sane during that because of the worry of how hard it is to get into the industry it's it's one of the hardest things i've ever done and but once you're in you're in man you're part of the team so uh bismarck here's what i always like to remember bismarck was the 67th tv station that i applied to and i had some phone calls along the way but it just whether it was logistics because i was finishing up i had two summer classes to take uh, in the summer of 2013, then before I graduated. So I had a couple things along the way where I just wasn't done with school yet, so it didn't work out. But overall, yeah, I applied to a million different TV stations, and um, I would I would do this. Jeremy, they call me crazy on this, and I think you've done it since then. You know I've talked about this, but yep. um, my demo reel on YouTube, I would track that sucker. If I yep. sent it to a station down in Texas – I would go on the analytics of YouTube, and I still do some of this today, but you can see at the time, anyway, it's changed a little bit now, but at the time, you could see where your demo reel was being viewed and for how long. So I would keep track of all that stuff, and and I would kind of figure out what markets and I well, I knew uh, you know huge TV markets aren't going to probably hire a sports anchor right out of college so realistically I could was pinpointing small TV markets and it was basically the upper Midwest Wisconsin North Dakota South Dakota and Minnesota where I was getting legitimate looks at my demo reel like yep. 45 seconds to a minute and that might not sound like a lot but I mean if you can get a news director to look at your stuff for 30 seconds you're lucky so if I was averaging 45 seconds to a minute, I knew that I had a fighting chance in the upper Midwest, and that's how things it played out that way. 
But yeah, man, it's crazy. You just constantly think like, uh, I mean, I was working at Shields in St. Cloud at the time and I was like, man, maybe I'll just work at Shields for another year or two while yeah. I try to get a real job. And um, that all it takes is that, that one phone call or that one email from a news director and things can, if it works out, things fall into play and they fall into play really fast. And before you know it, you're, you're moving to Bismarck or you're moving to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, or you went to Fargo, you know, and, yep. and I mean, stuff like that, you know, and I, I'm sure you had a similar experience yep. where when it happens, man, I mean, you blink of an eye and, and you're in the real world. Yep. Yep. You're out there looking for apartments and whatever, just to make ends meet. And, and for you being on Bismarck, I believe if I'm wrong, I mean, not you marry biggest sports team you would have been covering that was mm-hmm. physically there besides high school stuff, D2. And you talked about that you pretty much had to put together a whole show on the Marauders every single week, right? Just tell, talk to me what that is like for you a week where, I mean, that's a lot for the people that don't really get it or know. Putting together a whole half-hour show by yourself, all content, producing, editing, shooting, like that's a lot. Like describe what that whole scenario and that, those situations were like. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, Marauders Weekly, yeah, you marry. They're in the, the same, the NSIC, that's the same conference as St. Cloud, Duluth, Mankato, yep. that whole spiel. Um, you, the University of Mary at the time had a deal, a contract with KFYR, the station I worked at, with that for that show, Marauders Weekly. So what that allowed me to do was I got to travel every weekend for while they were on the road for football and basketball. I got to travel with the teams and basically get all access. So I would film the football games. I would get interviews after the games. I would even do – I did a feature story on one of the trainers on the football team. Um, but with that is you're just exhausted. You come yeah. back – we get back sometimes at 2 in the morning on a Saturday night, and I have to be in at 8 a.m. the next morning to start working on Marauders Weekly just to have it done in time. So um, from that standpoint, I really, really learned the value of time management. I mean, coming yeah. out of college, yeah, you get your your homework done in college sometimes, right? Right. <laughs> but C's uh, get degrees. Really, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So I really had to right away kind of had to grow up a little bit and, and be really responsible um, with that Marauders Weekly and the time management. But it was awesome. Like when I was doing the show, I got to host the show. And I would have coaches come in and they would be like in studio. So like back to what I was talking about, about kind of that that year of student teaching in a way. Like it was – I learned so much right out of the gates. But man, that show was a lot of work. And um, FYI to anybody, uh, when you get your first job, don't plan on making a lot of money. And that's just <laughs> reality. I'm in my third yeah. job now and I'm making more than I was when I was in Bismarck. But if I find a coupon for two for one or something, I'm probably still going to use it, you know? Right. So uh, I was out in Bismarck doing just back-breaking work in terms of time commitment, and uh, you're not doing it for a lot of money. So you got to love this. You have to eat, sleep, and breathe this this industry in some capacity. Otherwise, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to go insane. And um, But I don't regret it, man. I don't regret any of it. It was a blast. The biggest word I've always heard being thrown around or talked about in those smaller, I'll call Bismarck a smaller market, mid middle market, is experience. You're going to gain a ton of experience, and that sounds like exactly what you've been talking about the whole time. Absolutely, and I, if I Bismarck, I, I mean that's it's it's small market. Like I, not that I'm not knocking on Bismarck, right, but I mean right. it's 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 small out there, and yep. Um, you really get to know, though, your coaches, yep. yeah, local athletes. I mean, you really get to know some people, and that part of it's cool. Because now yep. here in Madison, I don't, I don't get to have one-on-one interviews with Paul Christ or Greg Gard, the football and basketball coaches. I mean, it's always right. press conference. It's always a reporter scrum, and you're sticking your microphone in there. So um, there is, there is something to take away yep. from from working in a place like Bismarck. You made the move from Bismarck to Duluth. And I want you to explain that one to me, not just, and that's not me trying to be condescending because so many people in this industry or so many people want to go market, make a big jump numbers wise and keep on making those jumps and don't want to move lateral. But this in all sense of purposes is a lateral movement. But I think the biggest thing for you was, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is the teams were a little bit 
a little bit better that you got to know, and you got to go home, basically. Uh, that and that that was probably the biggest part of it. Um, and it, I, I'm going to do a little bit of a name drop here. Uh, Jim Rich, yep. sports director at Fox Nine. I have picked his brain for years ever since I got to know him through Husky Productions. He does play by play for the Husky Productions, and he always tells me, and to this day, I still live by it. Don't chase a number. Don't chase the what market number it is. Best advice. Yes. Focus on your quality of life. Is your quality of life going to be better than where you were? Now, my, I wasn't, by no means was living in Bismarck a bad place to be. But yes, as you mentioned, Duluth was basically going home for me. My parents, in my hometown, we mainly get the Twin Cities news stations. But... We get one Duluth station, and it just happened to be WDIO, which is the station that I ended up going to in Duluth. So my mom, my dad, my grandma, uh, some aunt and uncles, they could watch me do my sports cast on the weekend. They could watch it live. My my mom would text me if my grandma liked my tie or not. You know, I mean, <laughs> most of the time, no. Most of the time, my tie did not live up to grandma's expectations. But, I mean, that, that it was great having that. Um, content wise, yes, Duluth has obviously division one men's and women's hockey. Yep. Uh, we were only two hours away from two and a half hours away from the twin cities. So we would go down to Vikings games, wild games, uh, the major league baseball all-star game. That was awesome. Did that. I don't know what year that was. 2015, 2014. Was yep. Yep. Something like that. I believe I saw you there too. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Oh yep, yeah. Yep, yep. Yep. So yeah, the move from Bismarck to Duluth was not really a market jump. I think at the time it was maybe like I jumped like eight markets, you know. I mean, so yes, that's lateral as it gets. But but for you, that was a big jump to for more. It's more on the inner side, more of the personal side. That's a big jump. Yes, absolutely. And when they had that opening up in Duluth, sport their sports director Dan Williamson. He's one of the. He's great. Dan Williamson is one of the. the he's he's awesome. Just working with him for two years was excellent. But he. I had no gotten to know him because he's also a, a former St. Cloud State grad. I'm not sure when he graduated. He he was uh, probably a good ten years or so older than I am. Yep. But he was asking us. He might even have wanted the highlights, Jeremy, of that football game that you and I did, but the UMD St. Cloud State one, and we sent him highlights. Yep. So from doing that. I didn't even realize it, but I was in a way building a network with Dan Williamson in Duluth because when he had that weekend sports anchor opening, I didn't even know about it. I originally didn't even apply for it. He had messaged me on Facebook and just mentioned, you know, hey, we, we have an opening. I know you're from the area. If you want to come back home, here's an opportunity. So, and at first I was very hesitant about it. I figured, well, what if I just stay in Bismarck for another year and try to jump even bigger or whatever, but that didn't play out that way. And I, and at the time I was slightly hesitant about going to Duluth and that was it a bad idea to not continue to climb and climb, but going to Duluth turned out to be one of the best decisions I've ever made. I mean, I just, that was one of the a great TV station to work at. And, um, they just, yeah, they, I, it's, it's tough to explain. You almost have to live it yeah. to really understand it. But, um, it all made sense in the end. And uh, I was happy to do it. Did your family throw their two cents in about, hey, this would be amazing to have you come home and that we'd get to see you? And I, I know for myself, when we got to do the hockey games on Fox Sports North, that was the first time that my family actually got to see us on camera and doing what you liked, what you loved, what you went to school for four years for. Now this was your opportunity to do that in front of your family. Just how huge is that? It, it, it and you might not think it's that big of a deal, but it is. It's a game changer when your family and friends can randomly turn their TV on. And I would get Snapchats of my face, you know, people <laughs> people I went to high school with. And, they, you know, it's like when you're in mid-sentence or mid-words, your face looks ridiculous. But right. uh, they just thought it was so cool to, to see you on TV. And, you know, that stuff was awesome. And once in a while, I'd even get to go cover a high school football game in my hometown. And I would run into my old teachers and you know they local they just, celebrity yeah yeah right sure you're right though i guess and, and to what it's worth yeah that yep. is kind of what it's like and and it, it does mean a lot um and it's a it is I, I guess i don't really know how else to put it other than it, it is a game changer and uh my dad at the time 
when I was hemming and hawing about leaving Bismarck, I remember he called me and he was just like, Alec, look, like, just do it. Like, why, why wouldn't you, you're, you're 24 years old, 23 years old, however old I was, like, why wouldn't you take this opportunity? And, and that kind of, uh, yeah, when your dad tells you something, you usually kind of perk up a little bit, but it, it was right. true. It, it, and he, he came out with a U-Haul truck a week later and helped me move out, you know I mean? So when your parents kind of got your back too, and they're full supporting, which might have always been there and done that, uh, that helps. That's a game changer too. When you, when everyone, your, your, your rock of people in your life are like, yeah, man, if you need help doing this, let me know. And then, um, things really just kind of fall into place. And you get to cover the four major sports teams that I'm jumping to the conclusion that you were all Minnesota, the four fandom pro teams. Yes. So you got to, and the yes. MLB all-star game that you touched on. MLB All-Star Game, uh, there was, at the time, there was a f- couple former Bulldogs playing for the Wild, I like Justin Fontaine, Yep. Uh, there was a couple former Bulldogs that played for the Wild at that time, too, so we actually got to go to quite a few Wild games, uh, de- especially playoff games, and, and oh my gosh, the, the high school hockey state tournaments, like I had never experienced those, and when you got Hermantown in your DMA, or Duluth East, you know, you, you're yeah. going every single year to state hockey tournament. That was those were those were incredible. If you've never been to the Minnesota State Hockey Tournament, even if you don't like hockey, just go check yep. it out at least once. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, Hermantown, what nine straight years? I think it was so just to the Something championship like game that. in general. Yeah, they, insane. They, I've witnessed their first state title too. They finally won it one of those years that I was up there. Uh, that was cool. Yeah. There was like national cameras there. Like uh, the NHL network was even there covering right. that game. Yeah, I can vouch for going to the state hockey tournament as being just an insane experience. Where I, as a kid, my school never had hockey, so never had a chance or never really a desire to go to the state hockey tournament. And then covering Moorhead made it when I was here. And you go there and you're just like, this is ridiculous. Like, this is everything that everybody has ever talked it up to be. The Spuds, man. Uh, I will say this about the state hockey tournament. What's real crazy about it, if if you've never been, uh, there's a student section of just random <laughs> students from other high schools there to talk smack to like Edina yep. or Eden Prairie. Same or, I mean, Thomas. That's incredible. What other sport, high school sport, has an entire student section? of other schools just to talk smack to one of the teams playing. Right. Incredible. It's unbelievable. Incredible atmosphere. It's unbelievable. So yeah. those, those have got to be probably some of the biggest memories for, from Duluth. And then from Duluth, you finally, well, not finally, that's bad wording, but you got that significant jump that you were looking for from a, to go back to the negative talking of numbers-wise, making that jump to Madison and Power 5 schools getting to cover now. That's where you currently are hey. at WKOW and – Heck of a heck of a deal to be having there, recovering Badgers. And, and that, yeah, absolutely. Madison, and this is just anybody, man. Madison is one of the best sports towns in the upper Midwest, and a lot of that is proximity. Uh, we obviously have the Wisconsin Badgers, but we're an hour away from Milwaukee, so we, we go to Brewers and Bucks games fairly often. Uh, now, Here's my only beef. Uh, being a Minnesota Vikings fan, it's got to be tough. Uh, make, yeah, making uh, eight to nine trips up to Green Bay every fall. I mean, I, uh, Jeremy, I hate to say this, but I've been to more Packer games now than Viking games in my life. Now, I hear you. I hear you on that. <laughs> Lambeau Field. Yeah, Lambeau Field is awesome. It's really cool to see it. And I, will, I can't complain about having an NFL team. To cover, it's awesome. But uh, it's when the Vikings and Packers play. I obviously have to be still cover the Packers, and I I don't and I don't I I talk about remaining objective. Uh, I try, I really do. Like I I a lot of people tell me that they can't tell well, that I don't good. like the Packers. See, and that so, that's, yeah. that's one of the one things I wanted to ask you, and kind of to be able to shed a little bit more light on that. How do you stay objective? I know. Doing the same thing right now, covering a rivalry of the school that I, of my alma mater. So, how do you, as a Viking, as a person who grew up as a Vikings fan, how do you stay objective when you're covering the Packers all the time? Oh, you know, a lot of it is if you're 
if the let's just say the Vikings beat the Packers, right? Which this year I believe they the Vikings the Vikings came to Green Bay week two or week three tie and beat the Packers. No, it was a tie. tie. You're right. Stupid they tie. Almost pulled it off. Almost pulled it off. Anyway, so the outcome of the game usually dictates my mood, but Correct. yeah, I mean it's it's I guess it's not as tough as you might think because you got a job to do. Right. I mean I and even even if I was a Packers fan, I can't go on air and just only talk about positive things with the Packers because I'm a Packers fan. I don't work for the Green Bay Packers. Exactly. I mean when you work when yeah, when you work in the local media, um, you have to you have to shed light on the negative things if there are things that need to be shed, you know, talked about. I, I don't, you don't seek out everything you do to be negative. Trust me, we don't. And I know some people think the media is only out there to uh, be negative and spread negative things. And it's like, well, no, but if there's something going on that needs to be pushed into the spotlight, we're the ones to do it. And that's one of the things you got to love about what we get to do is we are a voice that isn't doesn't have to just be positive. We are not uh, the PR department for some of these teams. And um, some people don't get that. Some people don't understand why you would ever want to talk negative about the Green Bay Packers. And, right. Um, so when, I, when it does come to having to talk negative about the Green Bay Packers or any team, it like just comes that, easier. I'm not a Packers fan. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it comes a little easier. Uh. But uh, it's uh, – it's I'm not a watchdog. I'm not I haven't I haven't done a lot of stories like that. But for example, right now this right before the football season started this last year, there was a wide receiver for the Wisconsin Badgers, Quintez Cephas, who allegedly had raped two girls against their will in someone's dorm room or something. So I mean there's stories like that. Uh, yeah, you don't want to take away from the football team, but like you, someone's got to talk about this, and you start going to court appearances, and um, that's when it kind of sets in. It's like sports isn't always X's and O's and wins right. and losses. Um, when you're when you, if you ever go to a courthouse and cover a story like that, I mean, I've only done it twice, and it's both been Quint this with this Quintess Cephas story. But it really changes things a little bit. It puts your job into a whole new perspective and how important it is to fact check and how important it is to be spot on with what you're saying because this is legal stuff. This yep. isn't a- accidentally saying the final score wrong. I mean, this is someone's life. Someone could be thrown in jail. And now if you report something wrong, that doesn't change the outcome of the case. But It sure doesn't help. Your credibility can go right out the window yep. so fast on that kind of stuff if you're wrong. So, but I've been having exposure to this kind of stuff here in Madison. I mean, I've been here for three years now, and um, the exposure here to big, bigger things uh, was exactly what I was looking for when I came here from Duluth. And um, despite you know Green Bay Packers, whatever that stuff aside, uh, Madison has been it's been awesome. It's been it's just I couldn't have asked for a better. Uh, close to home somewhat still but i could right. have asked for a better kind of middle ground area to, to set up shop for a little while now obviously every single day in this industry isn't just the greatest thing ever even though some people probably think it is because how you just described i mean you go to the lambo you're covering the badgers you i believe you went to the orange bowl a couple of years ago for the badgers right yeah orange bowl yeah. cotton bowl um do things like New do, York City. do big things like that reminding yourself about those kind of great adventures help get you through some of those tough days when you're just kind of like, ah, like, I don't know, like maybe it's money wise or ah, like this day just kind of sucks or, you know, I'm away from home. Do think about those amazing adventures and things that you've gotten to do help move that along? Absolutely. Absolutely. I always kind of remind myself and I've told other people this in this industry, some days are easy. Some days are hard, but every day is different. And it's that factor of every day being different that helps you keep your sanity. If that's what you want, if you want that nine to five cubicle life where it's very, there's a lot of stability, go for it and run wild with this it. This is you'll not it. Even, yeah, you'll probably even make more money doing that. But I don't want that. I've never been that way. And this industry, I mean, even if it's a slower day where I only have to go to a couple high schools and interview a few high school athletes, like it's still getting out of the building, getting out into the community, going to some of these high schools, interacting with students, um, 
that's on the slower side of it. Yep. Uh, the big, the bigger end of it, yeah, it's traveling, it's flying down to, it's first of all, it's leaving Christmas a day early, you know, it's leaving your family a day early because you have to fly somewhere for a bowl game every year. And you might think, oh man, I would love to go to Miami around Christmas time. Yes. I'm not going to sit here and say that that wasn't awesome. Exactly. But when you start missing out on things with your family yep. weddings you're when your friends are getting married and if they're getting married i have a, a buddy that's getting married uh in two weeks from now i couldn't go to his wedding because the ncaa tournament don't get me wrong i love the ncaa tournament but uh you miss out on things you yep. miss out on life things that you i do have times where i'm wondering has this been worth it is this worth it um and so far it is, man. It is. I, I love what I do. I absolutely love what I do. Um, and But, yeah, when you're at those big events, man, the, the, the Orange Bowls, I've been to – I'm not tooting my horn, but over right. the last three years I've been to Salt Lake City, Dallas, Miami, New York City, Indianapolis. Uh, I'm going to Chicago next week for the Big Ten basketball tournament. Um, that kind of stuff. You're like, at least if I'm going to miss out on some life things – I at least was in New York City. I was in Miami. Right. Um, and that does help. It really does. And not every TV market has a bunch of opportunities like that. But right. that's what you build towards, man. You, you got to remember, if you really want to go through the grind of it, there's going to be huge things to build towards. And that also kind of keeps, keeps you going a little bit. The biggest thing that I kind of heard in that spiel right there was – the part where you said every day is different and that's what makes this so much so worth it. One of the things that was different for you this week, and I know about it because I got to chat with you during this week about it, was you got to do play-by-play for the Wisconsin High School State Tournament, which I believe also one of the games went to four overtimes. Quick, yeah. how do you keep your voice in check for four overtimes? Did you have lemon juice or were you drinking water a lot? <laughs> no, uh, I locked out. I lucked out in that I had a former Wisconsin Badger, Rob Adringa, doing color commentary with me. He, I could tee him up, and he would go off for two minutes at a time. <laughs> That's awesome. And that allowed, yeah, that allowed me to save my voice, uh, and it was awesome, though. I mean, it, it's not, it's not as popular here as it is in Minnesota with the, the sold-out arena. But it was it was awesome. It was a good atmosphere. Quadruple overtime for one of those games. Uh, man, it was fun though. And and I don't do a ton of play by play anymore. So that was a change of pace. That was something that I was kind of nervous about. I would practice in my living room. I'd put my TV on mute, and I'd just find an NHL game or a hockey game. I'd put it on mute, and I'd practice. Not a ton, yeah. Uh, but a little bit. You know, you just want to see kind of where you're at. Right. And I by no means was perfect, man. I, I know uh, Zach Fish, he's a St. Cloud State grad. Yep. He, he's out there doing it full-time with uh, minor league hockey teams. He's even done a couple NHL games yeah, now. Yeah, I think he's in the Capitals uh, uh, system, yeah. if you will, air quotes. Yeah, he, that, that sounds right. And guys like that, they're good. They're yep. really good. Um, but it was fun. It was a fun change of pace, and right. uh, it was kind of cool just to, to kind of get that, that hockey game day feel again. To, yeah, to, exactly what I was going to ask you next is to be that homer, how much did, did going through the ringer with St. Cloud State and Husky Productions and getting those chances to call football games and be a part of hockey broadcasts, how much did that help you from a professional standpoint and maybe just – because you said you weren't, you weren't exactly always feeling that confident, but – the confidence had to kind of be there going in. It was like, "Hey, I've done live games like this. This like you'll be all right," kind of deal, right? Absolutely. the 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 games, the the high school hockey games I just did here in Wisconsin. Once once the we went on air, like the nerves were gone, and it was just time to have fun. Um, I like the Husky Productions, and and you did you did all the kind of the same thing I did at HP, yep. the the studio stuff. Yep. Um, and as you already mentioned, a lot of it's just off the cuff. It's it's just thinking on the spot. You don't have a teleprompter. And that's what a lot of local news is like. I mean, the, the high school hockey games that I did this last weekend here in Wisconsin, that was like a two-and-a-half-hour live shot, basically, where you're just talking, and you kind of yep. – it forces you to stay focused. And let's rewind it even more. Let's go back when I was talking about doing high school plays 
being on stage in high school that that is bringing it that full is, circle i like it yeah that is <laughs> uh, that is kind of like uh yes you have a script that you're following but sometimes you forget your lines and you just kind of start going off the cuff just so it doesn't look awkward you know right um so i i, I i'm starting to ramble here so i'm trying not to venture oh. off too far no, i kind of forgot I slightly forgot your your initial question, but I think... Uh, Just talking about confidence and how much did St. Cloud State and the Husky Productions and those kind of experiences help you going into calling games here when you said you haven't done it that much? No, right. Haven't done it, but if if you can call games and you can also do the in-studio stuff and you can do good stories, I mean, you can never have too many attributes in this industry. You can never be to have too many things to be good at. I mean, the more that you can do, and I will say this a million times, if you can shoot a, use a camera and you can edit, you can get a job anywhere, first of all. Those are skills that everyone should have in this industry. And and if you can do the on-camera stuff, great. But if you don't want to be on camera, that's cool. Uh, if you can write, if you can edit, if you can use a camera, like that, that opens doors too. And I know you've experienced stuff like that and you you could probably attest to that as well yep. but uh yeah st cloud state doing the hockey games hp uh that was that was fine tuning man that was just getting reps that was the minor leagues if you will of getting into this and uh so when i got out to bismarck i was ready to go we probably got about maybe 10 minutes or so i want one more thing before we actually talk about some sports because that's what you do so we might as well talk about sports sure but so many times if people are looking for jobs in this field, it's that you always see it every single time on the, on the job board. Know how to storytell. This isn't just X's and O's. Do more than highlights. Quick, your thoughts on how important storytelling is and being a good storyteller. Man, you can't. I always say your best story is your next story. Every story that I do, whether it's a feature story or a more in-depth story, I, I try new things. I mean, lately I've been trying to set up the GoPro in multiple different shots. Even when I'm just interviewing somebody, it's not just that straight on shot with the camera anymore. I try to do different angles with the GoPro. And even when you're doing highlights, highlights of a game even have a story to them. As right. crazy as that sounds, but it drives me nuts when I see sports anchors doing highlights and they just... And so-and-so shoots, and it's a two-point game. On the other end, so-and-so with the layup, and it's a tie game. I mean, what the people that score those points, was that their 20th point of the game? Was right. that, I mean, what? there's always a story. There's always a story to everything that we do. And sometimes you don't have time to go in-depth on things. I Correct. get it. But it doesn't have to be so cut and dry. And if you, only, if you stay cut and dry, you're going to have a heck of a time advancing and finding a job in this industry because it's changing everything we do is changing now it's changing to digital uh your stories sometimes don't even go on air they just they're just made for the website yeah facebook and um the storytelling that's probably the most important skill to have uh in this industry thank you i'm glad you think that way because i absolutely agree it's more than just the catchphrases the booyahs and how you look on air it's actually about your writing and your storytelling which i think that's a big thing that needs to get pushed across to young people trying to get into this but i'm going to be able to i'm going to quick change gears we're going to stick with that down the line theme the corny baseball theme here that we kind of have (laughs) opening up this podcast i want to talk a little bit of sports with you so we're going to go Eric Wode's down the line, fair or foul, I'm going to give you a few statements. I want to see your thoughts on some of the sports, national sports topics out there. Uh, Bryce Harper's huge contract deal was a mistake by the Phillies because of, oh, fair or foul, fair or foul was a mistake by the Phillies. Uh, if I, so if I want to say that it was a mistake, would I say fair? Yeah, that's a fair, then that's a fair statement, yeah. Yes, yes, I, I and, and that's not a mistake to sign Bryce Harper, I mean, no. heck, he might have been the best player in the league right now, give or take, but what was it, 13 years, yep. 300 and some million dollars? Yep, the thing that gets are me you, is the no trade clause, like, you yes. are stuck with him for 13 years. And, and I forget how old he is now, and if he even is there 13 years from now, which right. if Bryce Harper is, good for him. Right. But by that time, I mean, it's eight 
years from now, he he could arguably be washed up. Right. Um, and now, isn't there tampering charge? <laughs> not charges, but isn't yeah. there possible tampering with the whole Mike Trout thing with well, Bryce well, Harper? Well, Mike Trout's a Philly boy, so that's kind of a duh sure. thing right there. But yeah, he's literally said, of course I'm going to try to talk to Mike Trout and get him here, which... Everybody would say that if you wanted to get a good player. If Mike Trout goes in the free agent market, everybody and their mom is going to say that they're going to try to get him to their team. I don't care how much it costs. Sure. And, and I understand pro athletes these days, they want those long, those long-time contracts. But if you're Bryce Harper, like 13 years, like do you even want to play? For a, a team for 13 more years? I mean, I, maybe maybe he does. You want to live in Philly for 13 years? Yeah, I mean, that's a okay. heck of a thing that, that you have to commit yeah. to. Not knocking on Philly, even though everybody will think that because of the Vikings thing, but that's just sure. a huge commitment to pick a city for the next 13 years of your life. Granted, the like prime of your adult life, your 30s, yep. tw- rest of your 20s, I mean, but... So I thought that was a, I thought that was a big deal. Um, I, I agree. I agree. And I don't know what the Phillies cap room is now, but like right. they might be toast for right. a while. I mean, that's a lot of money. Right. Exactly. That's kind of the big thing too, is how much money gets spent there. Um, I'll gear this one more towards the sports teams that you cover. You look at the Big Ten. Uh, I believe Michigan, Michigan State are both pretty good. Uh, I will say Ethan Happ <laughs> gets Wisconsin not only to the NCAA tournament. Gets Wisconsin to the Sweet 16. That's my bold call. Fair fall. Uh, that is very, very fair. Uh, the Badgers right now are fourth in the Big Ten. Right, It's, it's Michigan State, Michigan, and Purdue, Purdue are yep. all tied at the top. Yep. So then you have Wisconsin. I, I'm not sure. I think they're 12 and 6 maybe in conference play, something like that. Anyway, the Badgers – are surprisingly better than we thought. Ethan Happ, though, teams are figuring out how to slow him down. But back to your original point, yes, I could 100% see the Badgers making it to the Sweet 16. Uh, Do they advance past the Sweet 16? I don't think so. Is this an Elite 8 team? I don't think so. Uh, Ethan Happ, he's going to go down as one of the greatest Badgers of all time. He's played here for four years. That's part of it. Um, But... They don't have a ton of depth. They have a guy, and I, I'm not going to go ramble on about the Badgers. I know most yeah. people, if they do listen to this, that they, they aren't going to care about the Badgers particularly. But yeah. from, a, from a depth standpoint, Wisconsin, uh, Sweet 16, yes, but I don't think they have enough. I don't think they're an Elite 8 team. How's, uh, how's your college hockey knowledge? You still getting to, do you get, they send you to any Badger games? Just home games. Okay. We, we don't travel a ton with hockey, but I, I pay attention. Right. Tony Granato over here, he just got a kid out of Duluth, Duluth East, uh, Ryder, Don, Ryder Donovan, so that was a good get. Uh, okay, fair foul. Uh, the NCHC. Somebody from the NCHC wins the national title again. Uh, I'm going to – oh, boy. I'm going to have to go foul on this one, and okay. I hate to say it, but uh, St. Cloud State's been number one all year long for the most part. And but see, I kept it general, so I didn't. I wasn't gonna get let my heart get broken. At least I in this conversation. That's smart. That's <laughs> very smart. Uh, they will find a way to blow it in the Frozen Four somehow. I hate to say we, that. We will but hope not. It, but yeah, they're gonna lose to like Quinnipiac or Yale. Yeah. I don't even know who's in the top five right now in uh, college hockey. Number one is St. Cloud. This is pairwise. I'll go. UMass is sure. two. I believe Duluth is three, and Denver is right around there. That's why I was I was feeling pretty wow. deep. And I mean, Quinnipiac is up there too, Ohio State. But I mean, the NCHC Duluth even looks like just so so good. So does Denver at times. I mean, mm-hmm. granted, we don't. I don't. Neither myself or you get to see a lot of East Coast hockey. But I mean, I'm sure UMass and Quinnipiac are both pretty good. But man, yeah, it's hard I, to pick against the NCHC right now. Absolutely. And Jeremy, you'd be, there's times people here trying to tell me that the Big Ten is the best hockey conference in the country. Maybe and last year it was. You could debate that, but this year, not even close. Not even close. Not even close this year. This year. Uh, besides Ohio State, I mean, like Minnesota, are they number? I don't even know. Is Minnesota maybe number two in the Big Ten in men's hockey? And there, they, I think not, they got home ice. Yeah. Anyway, good for Moscow. I like Bob Moscow. Yep. I, I wish them the best. I do like the Gophers, but Ooh. Uh, the I mean, Big Ten in hockey is yeah, it's no, terrible. No, not the greatest here. Uh, I'll, okay, uh, we'll go one more. One, we'll, so we'll finish it off with one last one here. Let me recap here. So I have two fairs and one foul. I mean, 
Yeah, I guess, but you don't have to like even them out or anything. But uh, no, no, I'm but just what we're seeing where we agree and where we disagree. Okay. Okay. Um, the Wild have been a well. <laughs> Minnesota sports teams have been a dumpster fire this year. All four made the playoffs last year. N- none make the playoffs this year. Fair or foul? Um, well, didn't Bruce Boudreaux, head coach of the Minnesota Wild, didn't he guarantee a playoff berth? Well, I, he might have guaranteed a quick playoff exit, I'm sure, but <laughs> isn't that what he's well, known for? Let, let's, let me just say this. They trade Charlie Coyle, and they trade Nino Niederreiter. Then they won four or five straight. Yep, with Donato. They've, they've, yeah, he seems to be a nice, a nice pickup. Yep. But now they've lost, or they've lost in overtime two in a row or three in a row. But I do think they're still like the seven seed or something right now. Sadly, um, they try to tank and they're still in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that's it, Minnesota I mean, for I, hockey for you, I guess. They, they, but they need to. I, I hope this. I'll say this about the Minnesota Wild. I hope the clearing out of Charlie Coyle and Needle Need a Rider was a. Uh, for future clearing out cap space, and I hope this offseason they go and do something. Because yeah. besides Eric Stahl, which was two years ago, they haven't had a major offseason sign. I know they, they didn't – who was it? I mean, like, Pominville, you can count Jason they added. Pominville and, I mean – Yeah, and Thomas Vanek. Yeah, but Vanek was at the end of his career, basically, or he was yeah. kind of more washed up. He wasn't in his prime. They haven't gotten anybody in their prime since – the Parisi Suter deal, which Parisi Suter, exactly, and, and they they go and get guys like Matt Cullen off and on, which great locker room guys. Yep. I get it, but and I know you're not going to go get a, a Patrick Kane or something, but we need somebody like that because this team isn't getting any younger, right? And clearly, they have the talent to make it to the playoffs, but how how much longer can we accept a first round exit, right? I, I was just hoping that they were just going to blow it all up, try to get a high draft pick, and kind of let's just start all over. But even by kind of attempting to do that by selling Grandland, you still find yeah, yourself yes. some way in the playoff race. But uh, And the Timberwolves. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, the, the, the Western yeah. Conference is stacked. But yeah, I mean, it's so they, good. It just, there's no excuse anymore. Wiggins, Towns, those guys aren't rookies anymore. Yep. Um, any other franchise, if they have two guys that are somewhat all stars, they somehow find a way to win. Right. I don't, and I, I like uh, Ryan Saunders potentially as a head coach. Yep. I don't hate I agree. that, but uh, something's got to change there. Like, why can't they win? I don't. The West is tough. I get it, but like, why can't they, they have a good enough team to be like a six or seven seed at least? Yep. And it just never happens. I mean, the Clippers got rid of Tobias Harris, and they're still around. So yeah. why why can't the Wolves do it? But I like Tyus. I like I like Derrick Rose. Both those are nice fits. I mean, they're just likable guys. But I don't know. I kind of kind of give Coving, up. Robert Covington. Did he get injured? Is he? That's I the, mean, the main guy for Jimmy Butler, right? Yeah, him and Sarge. I mean, your guess is as good as mine. The only thing that I know about the Wolves this year is that Rose dropped fifty at some point. Yeah. I mean, I've, they, I could care less about the T-Wolves this yeah, year. Yeah, he's going to be – Rose is going to be a hot free agent this yep. offseason to yep. come in as like a six-man for somebody. Yep. No, he better not go to like Golden State or something. But oh, my goodness. Could you imagine? Who knows? I wouldn't put it past anybody at this point. Get that ring. Get that yeah. ring. Oh, man. Absolutely. I think that might be uh, might be all the time I got for you. Heck of a convo, well, I thought. Yeah, always a pleasure, man. Um trying to think if there's anything else just tv wise i will say this if, if, if anyone gets this far if they didn't get bored with me <laughs> and they're still tuned into this at this point uh if you are trying to get into the tv world and you're trying to even find your first job or even just you're in college man if you have any questions you reach out to a guy like jeremy you can reach out to me i'm on twitter facebook uh, my email is just alec.osmus at gmail.com i mean feel free to hit me up i don't have all the answers but you got some. I've, I've, I've gone through the ringer a few times, man. Madison's my third stop, and uh, I've been through it. And I, I've been talking to even agents now and, and going through maybe some of that world. So um, if people have questions, like I said, I don't have all the answers, but uh, I might be able to clarify a few things. So, Is the Twitter handle still A twice? 
It's yeah. What is it? Is it? I think it's a underscore twice and then two seven because I'm I work at Channel Twenty Seven here in Madison. Impressive that you kept the same Twitter handle all all from college all I, the way through. And that was a nickname <laughs> I got freshman year at Saint Cloud State, and uh, they got real creative there. Sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bernard Barry, an old wide receiver for the Vikings, he used to be B twice. Man. So I, I was A twice. So yeah. Credit that to Josh Sapir <laughs> and Jordan Johnson. Look at that. Look at that. Uh-huh. Creative nicknames coming out of St. Cloud State. you got to love it. <laughs> Nothing but creativity comes out of St. Cloud State, Jeremy. You should know. Oh, I do. I do. I do. <laughs> awesome, man. I appreciate the time. Well, hopefully Absolutely. We'll post this up here, and uh, we'll get it going. Appreciate uh, it, man. Go, go Huskies, man. We'll talk to you later. This is Down the Line with Jeremy Klein.